It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. You're joining the fantasy show where the jester is silent. The jester is silent like the G in lasagna tonight. It's useless as hell. And so as we go through tonight's show, it's going to be interesting to see if I can maintain sobriety. You see, Mrs. Jester gave me some chloroseptic here. I've been spraying it. Little by little, trying to get my voice back in time for the show. I'm almost halfway through the bottle and uh, feeling a little tipsy. That's one thing about this chloroseptic. It might not give me my voice back by the end of the bottle. I might not care. So it should make for an interesting show. My rant tonight is that I can't rant. How the hell am I supposed to rant like this? So we're going to bring in a bunch of guests tonight. We're going to bring in JT, of course. And fortunately for me, uh, 
he's going to be handling the duties tonight, folks. I mean, this is it. Kid Kelly's going to join us. We've got Ryan Walton. And we've got no voice. So why don't we first bring in JT, since there is no rant and no voice. Let's get somebody on here with a voice. Fez437, better known as the voice of Fantasy Justice Sports tonight. JT, what's up, man? Wow, man. You know, slap my ass and call me Shirley. It's something finally got where you can't talk the whole show. It's going to be great. I actually might get a word in otherwise tonight. It's uh, every every hater's dream. But here's the great really part. Well, many hated, well, yeah, well, many haters would like to see me silenced completely. This is about as close as you're going to get because you're still going to hear <laughs> me. And if I have one ounce of a, of a vocal cord left, I'm going to come on here and say some kind of crap. Well, you know, no, I no. got to say this to you. I got to say this to you, though, Jester. You know, the one person that, other than myself, of course, and, well, Mrs. Jester's got to, you know, I, I got to give it for her as well, but the one person other than us that should be loving this is uh, one of our guests tonight, Ryan Walton. I mean, he's actually got a chance to go toe-to-toe with you now. He might, he might have a dog in this fight. <sighs> Ryan better have a dog with him, too. Uh, please stop, Walton. And you see, you know, you, you speak the devilish and you brought up the devilish. For some reason, the finer half of the Mrs. Jester and Jester team is on the line. Oh. Let's see what my finer half has to say. Why are you calling in here? Hello, honey. <laughs> I just had to revel in this with JT. This is this is um, this is fantastic. <laughs> Never thought we'd see this. Day. Really, that's amazing. I I tell you what, it just there are good days and there are great days, and you know today is just a great day. It's just been fairly quiet, and and uh, I, I just. I, I'm just escape me. <laughs> I am going to. That's all right. It's not a perfect condition. <laughs> you too. You too. No, this isn't a permanent condition. So have fun. Tonight. Hey, I'm gonna take every shot Very I can funny. get at this point. I mean, there you, you know. go. There you go. We've got to enjoy it while we can, JT. We get to just hey. enjoy it while we can. You know, Mrs. J puts it on the tee for us. Nice. What are we going to do? We got to swing. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta put Mrs. Mrs. J on the tee soon and swing, all right? <laughs> now, wait, I want to be able to hear you. <laughs> in, in, in all fairness, in all fairness, Jester, I got to warn you, you said it yourself on Wednesday night show. Your wife knows how to get rid of the body, so you might want to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I feel you know I I feel for him. I truly do. I know how much he looks forward to this, and and he will squeak out through the entire show every word that he can. But you know, oh, it just, the best part for you got you got you got to give it to him when you can. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. So it's coming. 
Thank you so well, listen, much. You guys have a great show. I love you. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, nice. you know. <laughs> Good night. That's it. Get her out of here. Can it? <laughs> Go on. Is that like the old Looney Tunes? I got everybody's having on the neck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ain't. You don't have to go home, but you don't have to be here either. Bye. You know, it's it's, it's having fun. That's good. It's a shame we got the MLB trade deadline to talk about tonight. Uh, We got, you know, Ken Kelly's latest article to talk about tonight. Our good friend Ryan Walton will be on the show. I mean, that'll be a fun show tonight. Busy Jay. We got a couple. Busy Jay going to come in, talk wrestling if he can. Uh, he's he's over covering uh, something in Manhattan for tonight. Uh, he's going to try and call in for that. No, I, I, you know what? I was interested in this and want to throw this out to you. As the trade deadline is coming, and you know I'm going to go, I'll let you talk about the whole rest of the MLB and what you think. I'm huh? loving the idea that Darvish could be available for rental for the Yankees. I'm loving that. I'm loving the idea. You don't wow. have to uh, rush the kid and uh, with Chase, with Chance, and then mm-hmm. you bring in Darvish as a rental. It's not going to cost you a whole hell of a lot. Instead of going out and getting a Sunny Gray, that might cost you the farm literally. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll let you go from there. Well, I, 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 that's that's the fit I, that I, I see you. that could work. Somewhat. I, I hear you. I hear you, but I mean, you're gonna have to give up a Mateo or one of these guys. That at this point, who knows how Glaber um, Torres is gonna recover from his injury? And once upon a time, Mateo was your top prospect in your organization at that shortstop slash third base position. Uh, I mean, you, you got you know your Yankees are pretty set. I think with Gregorius, who plays a great defensive shortstop and hitting you know right around 300. So, you know, you're looking at maybe your third baseman of the future right there. So I, I don't know. I, to me, like I mentioned the other night when we were having fun with Busy, Yankees have lost 10 straight series. I just don't think you guys are a playoff team this year. It doesn't look like you're going to do it, even though Aaron Judge probably hit one 550 feet last night. Uh, yeah, that monster shot. Monster shot in Safeco Field. I mean, Bo Jackson would have been proud. Canseco would have been proud of that ball. But uh, I just don't think the Yankees are there. So my point is don't spend anything on a rental. They keep your chips, stay in the game, find some pitching in the offseason. Um, you know, I know the Cubbies won in on Darvish as well, but – funny part about that is when you sell the farm like Eloy Jimenez and some of the other kids that they gave up for Jose Quintana. I'm sorry, Cubs. I think you took yourself out of the running for you, Darvish. So. Uh, but I've been hearing the Cubs talking about getting Sonny Gray, too. Like, just loading up. Yeah, but I've I heard Sonny Gray just about everywhere, though. Yeah, Sonny Gray, I mean, you've heard Milwaukee, which is an unusual name to hear at this point as a buyer, but it's still fun. Uh, Atlanta, Chicago, New York Yankees, Cleveland. Um, You know, the kid looks like he did a couple years ago. 
you know, that the ace that we had. So, of course, let's, let's trade him. Let's, let's get rid of him. That's what we do in Oakland. So, he's going to end up somewhere. Uh, my bet, though, is he does end up in Milwaukee. That, that's where I, I see him at. Hmm. Hmm. Well, they then, uh, give up. Well, do they give up Brinson well, for that? Yeah, that's, that's the talk is, um, you know, that they're, they're willing to part with Brinson at this point. You know, Rajay Davis is, is well was Oakland's everyday center fielder. Um, J- uh, Jacob Brookman's uh, up right now, but Brookman's not an everyday major leaguer. Uh, so center field for Oakland, you know, at this point we could use a kid like that in our center field. Um, if we're going to give him up. We might as well get something back for him. You know, and, and I bet makes, I meant to bring this up. Wonder. Yes, yeah. and I meant to bring this up to you in the meeting, speaking of Oakland a little here talking about the trade deadline, I see all these teams that are interested in A.J. Ramos from the Marlins or Addison Reed from the Mets. All these eighth and ninth inning pitchers, I mean, that seems to be the market this year. Everybody's looking for back of the bullpen. So what does Oakland do? Trade two pretty damn good back of the bullpen guys in Doolittle and Madsen, and we get back a half-eaten slice of pizza and an old box of popcorn that was laying on the ground from the night before. Uh, from the Nationals. So, you know, way to go, uh, Mr. Frost and uh, Billy Bean, you geniuses, you. Um, you guys are amazing. I, I hope when I grow up I'm just like you guys. But are you kidding me? The 17th and 18th best prospects in the Nationals organization? Stupidity. Let me runs ask you wild. this. Let me ask you uh, on that front do you think they're trying to work their way out of Oakland since they can't get a stadium? Well, that's just it. According to MLB, they could leave whenever they want to. The lease is uh, lease is done. Um, you know, they have they're signing year to year at this point. Uh, and if you're the city of Oakland, you lost the Raiders. You've got Golden State. But at this point, why would you why would you want to lose the A's as well? I don't know. I just it's like I said in that article. You know, I just think the A's are a cheap organization. They're in it to make a buck. Uh, there is no fan experience, and I don't think they really care. I mean, Sonny Gray, we got two years left control on this kid, and we're shopping him. I mean, come on. So, at that yeah, point, maybe, that what, maybe what you're saying, maybe what you're saying has some credence. Maybe they think this is their way to, to sweep out of town, and, and maybe they're going to Vegas too. Who knows? Oh, and, and which would make a team like Milwaukee a little bit more of a trade partner because their prospects, other than Brinson, are further out. Right. You know, you got Dubon, who plays second and short, second. down yes. in double A, who would likely be included in this trade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it falls into that whole they're building for two years, three years down the road. Well, by then they'll be in their new stadium and all of a sudden all these players will be coming up magically. Yeah, magically. Seems likely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's a good point. You know, something, something definitely to look at. Uh, it's nice to say the Milwaukee Brewers are buyers at this point. It's been a long time since uh, the Brew crew have been, a, you know, uh, a team that's been involved in the uh, playoff race. You know, you look at uh, you look at some of the moves here recently. 
couple trades that haven't happened, a couple trades that have. The Yankees go out and get Frazier, uh, you know, to help their third base situation. We've talked about on this show before, you know, Chase Headley's a serviceable guy, but he's he's not going to give you what you need every day at third base at this point. Um, you know, interesting, David Robertson, you know, that gives you a, kind of a nice uh, Chapman, Betensis Robertson at the back of the bullpen. Now you got that three-headed monster again. People forget Robertson's a damn good closer when he gets the opportunity. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't. The Yankees right now legitimately have four guys that can close. Because Kennedy yeah. can close, yeah. too. I mean, he's got he's got Kennedy. So we've got four guys that can close. If we can get to the sixth inning, we're more than fine. We can, we can match up the rest of the way. Right. Hey, let me throw something at you. Because I keep hearing a team that's been mentioned as a seller. And I don't understand why. And it could be the surprise team for Sonny Gray. The Pittsburgh Pirates. I keep hearing how Garrett Cole's going to go somewhere. Garrett Cole's going to go somewhere. Garrett Cole's going to go somewhere. But meanwhile, they're two games out in the Central. Brewers are coming back to the to to, to reality. Uh-huh. The Pittsburgh Pirates are nine and one in their last ten. Uh-huh. So they're surging, and they they're have surging in- plenty of outfielders. They can go ahead. They can give up either a Marte if they don't want to bother with him anymore. They can give up a Meadows if they want from the farm. So they've got pieces to go out and get a Sonny Gray or a Hugh Darvish even. Right. No, they absolutely do. That's a good point. And you're also looking at a team that – you you look at a guy like Bell who's played better than people think or thought he would at first base. You're looking at a guy like Harrison that's had a resurgent. Not that he's been bad, but Josh Harrison's had an amazing year. Um, you know, where would this team be if uh, Kong, uh, Jung Ho Kong wasn't an idiot and pick up three DUIs and loses Visa? Because you're talking about a 300 hitter there. Can you imagine where this team would be there and if Marte didn't get busted for 80 games? So it's a good point on Pittsburgh. Um, I can tell you this, though. Any of those guys that they send back to Oakland make more than the entire roster does right now, so I'd be surprised if Oakland did it. They were saying that once Gray goes, okay, the highest-paying uh, salary on the Oakland A's is Chris Davis. I don't like. I think it's a million <laughs> seven or something like that. Yes, one point seven million dollars is our highest-paid player. Gray is right now at three point six. Madsen was at seven point zero seven million a season. I mean, folks, you take that right now and look at that one point seven. That's about six hundred percent less than the lowest paid player on the Boston Red Sox roster right now. Um, it's it's ridiculous. Profit sharing is ruining baseball. Too many owners that want to sit back and just collect their money, pay the bare minimum. So they can collect that money from the other teams. As much as I like the idea of uh, profit sharing in the NFL, I hate it in baseball because to me it punishes the teams that actually care about their fans and care about the experience that the fans get. So ridiculous. Let me ask you something about uh, one of the races real quick. 
but we still got time for some baseball. Mm-hmm. The Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. Hmm. Nice pickup on J.D. Martinez. Uh, the D-backs. Not enough. No, I, I love the pickup. I just don't think they have enough pitching. Uh, you know, their bullpen is, is solid but not special. Uh, their starting pitching is Jekyll and Hyde. You have guys that come out one night and look amazing. The next night out, they get absolutely destroyed. That's a hard ballpark as well. People think Colorado is a launching pad. Look at the home run numbers in, in at Bank One in Arizona at that stadium. Um, it's a tough place to be a pitcher at. And the best part is you look at that team, you look at Dave Stewart, what he traded away recently in the last couple of years to pick up what they've got. Here's the problem. A lot of their pitchers are fly ball pitchers. You would think they would go get those guys mm-hmm. that throw the sinker and the splitter, some of these ground ball type of pitchers to play to their stadium. So I'm not quite sure what they're doing there. But all in all, I think the Dodgers uh, and the Rockies are the two teams that are, are uh, who that race is going to be between. If how do you feel if Arizona does the Sunny Grace sweepstakes? They could send over wow. uh, Oswaldo Arcia. There's some young talent. Yeah. That they could go ahead and wave yeah, in front and, of him. He's and he's somebody that I mean we're talking about the kid that was in Minnesota for a little while. Um, I don't know. Uh, to me, as an A's fan, and maybe this is the fan in me talking, I would be absolutely livid if Oakland pulls the deal on that. You know, if they still had a Dansby Swanson or something like that to dangle in there, you know, something like that. But we need we need guys that are that are we need infielders is what we need. We've got outfielders in our minor league system. We've got outfielders now. We need to get some infield guys. We're desperate at second base. Um, Gene Ted Lowry is not going to be around after this season. We are desperate at second base. Chad Pinder and Joey Wendell are our top two second basemen in the future, and neither one of those guys are more than a triple-A player at this point. So I'd like to see Oakland uh, get some infield help. Of the three right now that are battling it out in the AL Central, Indians, Royals, Twins, Separate the fact that Jim is Jim Rosenhouse of the Cleveland uh-huh. Indians radio folks is a friend of the show. Uh-huh. If we separate uh-huh. that, which one of those three teams make the move that gets them over the hump? I don't think Kansas City will, just because they're going to lose so many of their core players after this year due to money to begin with. Um, you know, do they do they see one last hurrah? I don't think that it's going to take more than one big move for Kansas City for me. Uh, the thing I look at as well, when you've got Andrew Miller and Cody Allen at the back of your bullpen like Cleveland does, you're already where you need to be. They get a huge shot in the arm as, as a guy that you mentioned a few weeks ago as somebody to take a flyer on, and Danny Salazar has been activated. If we get the Salazar back from, let's say, 2015 – Salazar, that's that's almost like bringing in a top-shelf pitcher right there in the trade market. Uh, their bats look fantastic. I know you're a big proponent of seeing Mejia up at some point here uh, going forward. Bradley Zimmer is playing fantastic. 
Chisenhall's hitting the ball. I, I think that it's still Cleveland. Minnesota, to me, needs to learn how to win in a pennant race. I have a feeling the pressure is going to get to them, and I think you're going to see them fade. Uh, Kansas City, I just don't think they have enough. Cleveland's in the driver's seat, and I think Cleveland knows how to do it. So I'm a friend of the pro- program, Jim Rosenhouse, or not. I'm, I'm, I'm tying my wagon to the Cleveland Indians. Disturbing with them is their home record. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at that home record and it's like, okay, listen, guys, you got to start doing what you got to do when you're eating at home cooking. Right. And right. When you're under under 500 and you are the Cleveland Indians and you are under 500 at home. So now that we've talked about that on the show, Cleveland Indian fans expect a marked improvement in the tribe's <laughs> record the rest of the way. Yes. The rest of the way, yeah. And, you know, you know, Jess, there's something else to think about what you're talking about there. They're taking care of their business at the hard part. They're, you know, for the most part, they're taking care of the road. I think the home game, and I know you and I both feel the same way about Terry Francona uh, as far as his abilities and what kind of manager he is. I think as we start getting into August 1st and we start seeing the, the stretch run, I think you're going to see a different Cleveland ball club when it comes out. going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. Um, Do the, you know, I'm right here by them, and I love them. And and they, they really are giving a run to the American League East with Tampa. I mean, Tampa, yeah, they're interesting no, because I... they're going to make they're going to make the wild card, folks. Uh, next to no budget, a team that was hit with injuries at the beginning of the year, coming together. Can, right. I mean, can you imagine that the Yankees don't go out and get the starting pitcher that they need. I mean, that's literally all they need at this point is one more starting pitcher. Imagine the Red Sox don't cover third base, but the Rays go out and make a move. Well, well it's nice to three it's, four. it's not going to happen. It is. Well, it is. But how about this? You know, you you kind of just alluded to it there, and it's something I feel bad because you're not going to really, you know, with your voice, you may not be able to do it here. But uh, how about the Yankees going and basically blocking the Red Sox, who were linked to Todd Frazier for about the last seven to ten days to fix their third base woes? And next thing you know, he's putting on the pinstripes. So Yankees go in and block their old foes, the Red Sox, and basically give them the uh, proverbial middle finger and say, yes, yeah, no, you're not getting any help there. It was uh... – Actually, one of the few times I can actually say Cashman was friggin' brilliant. He blocked. <laughs> he blocked the team that he's going against. He filled the hole because Headley's horrible. Okay, and he also took care of the back end of the rotation, uh, back into the uh, bullpen. Bullpen, right? You right. know, so, you know. So, brilliant I mean, move. it was just yeah. And know this. No, so, this doesn't mean I'm a Yankees fan or a quasi Yankees fan. No, I but I give right. kudos. Glory. Yeah, I gotta give give kudos to where it deserves. I, I always enjoy that side of baseball when you get a chance to basically stick it to your rival, so 
the Oakland, or, Oakland doesn't have a rivalry because we never win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that's funny. Uh, who do we see first? Because he keeps struggling. I don't, I don't get it with down in Tampa. We're going to see one of these two kids before the end of the year. Deleon or Honeywell? Oh, you know, I, I, I got a chance to see Deleon in person when he came up uh, and came out of the bullpen against the Rangers uh, yeah, month or so back. And I'll tell you what, the kid just does not. Now, granted, he's used to being a starter. He came in in the third inning, I believe it was, as Erasmo Ramirez was getting knocked around as usual. Uh, and maybe it was just a role he's not used to, but you can see the kid out on the mound. He just does not look comfortable on the mound. Honeywell's a guy that has absolutely disgusting stuff. Uh, and his jump up to Triple A, you know, the guy was dominating in Double A. Triple A was a bit of a wake up call for this kid. He started getting knocked around, uh, serving up the long mm-hmm. ball. His walks are an issue, but I'll tell you, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned those two guys because I kind of want to throw a third name into that mix because it seems to me like they're in the same situation. What is it with Ray's pitchers? Because Blake Snell's the same way. Dominant in the minor leagues. Right. Well, you know, and then the guy comes up and he walks walks everybody. Um, you know, gives up the long ball. He had a nice outing the other day. Um, but if you go in between those two, oh, I'm going to pick Honey. I think Honeywell's more more major league ready than DeLeon. I don't think DeLeon's got the mental side of the game down. Interesting you had brought up that pitching uh, and that kind of problem with Snell because Cobb is is similar too in – I mean, he was completely lights out in the minor leagues and he's average at best Uh right now. Yes, yes. So there's something. Well, we bring on somebody not... else that actually has a voice. Oh, okay. This way I can talk a little less. Well, I can squeak a little less. Folks, <laughs> um, it, it's my pleasure. At fantasyjusticesports.com, one of the fine writers, and, and she's been with us and doing a, a fantastic job. If you haven't had the opportunity, go in there and see her articles specifically absolutely fantastic work and now every friday she covers entertainment uh, for us in the sporting world so a uh, fellow giant fan somebody that has a voice tonight the one the only kid kelly how you doing kid i'm good it's a nice change of pace to not hear you speak though oh isn't it though <laughs> I, I just love how everybody, you know, I feel the love between, you know, JT, <laughs> Mrs. Jester, and now you. I'm feeling the love and really oh. appreciate that so much. There's a lot of love. <laughs> we just love to bash on you, that's all. You know, JT, go ahead. I'm going gonna, gonna to let you go ahead and and talk a little bit. With kid about well, we some talk- of the articles yeah. and yeah. right, we need yeah definitely want. To talk and then about I want to talk to you about the beloved Giants. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna have to get the Giants in on this show. I was hoping maybe with the voice <laughs> issues we'd get past that, but um, 
Yeah, nope. guys, we are sponsored by the New York Giants, apparently, here at the Fantasy Jester Show. But anyway, we got to talk about the article. We talk about, uh, you write about basketball movies. Uh, Hoosiers, you mentioned Hoosiers, one of, one of my all-time favorite. Um, Teen Wolf, never would have thought about that as a basketball movie until I read the article. <laughs> I'm thinking, hell yeah, that's a basketball movie. So, love both of those. So, uh you know, give me a little bit of what you you know what you were thinking as you were writing that because now you left my one of my favorite movies out, but we'll talk about that afterwards. Well, when I was trying to figure out best movies, it's hard to not just say the same ones that everyone's already seen before, like Space Jam or Coach Carter. So I of course put in Hoosiers and White Men Can't Jump because they're amazing Great. and they have to be included. But you know, Teen Wolf, I figured not a lot of people have seen it, and it's. Definitely a fun movie to check out. <laughs> I love the that same movie. With, uh, yeah, I mean, there were definitely a few options. I threw in semi-pro at the very end as a joke, but I'm sure someone does enjoy that as a basketball movie. <laughs> uh, there, there might be somebody out there that can stomach Will Ferrell. I'm not one of them, but uh, I have to say, the <laughs> one oh, I can't stand that guy, but there, there's one movie out there I was looking for. He got game. Oh, I love that movie. Ray Allen, Denzel. Um, I mean, I thought I was going to take some heat for putting the fish, let's say, of Pittsburgh on there. No. (laughs) No, I I loved your list. I really did. I now I have to come clean. I I have to point out an inaccuracy. You said everyone's seen Space Jam. I have not seen Space Jam. Really? No. I have not not seen Space Jam. You've not seen uh, Space Jam. I have not seen Space Jam. It seems like a crime. True story. I, you know, I feel like it right now. I'm like looking out my window to see if the police are approaching. There's your homework. There's your homework for next one. I mean, yeah, you have to see it Uh, before the second one comes out. (laughs) Oh, God, they're making a second one? Yes, with LeBron James. Oh, that well, there went that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that movie just went straight to DVD. Um, we had him until that point. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah the original will be a lot better. Well, I, I do understand Marvin the Martians in it, which is my favorite Warner Brothers character. So I will have to, I will have to give that a look. <laughs> but uh, definitely worth it. Giants. And, and he mentioned the Giants. Let's just get it out of the way. Give me your thoughts on this upcoming season. What are you expecting? Uh, what are you looking for from your Giants? Wow. I mean, I can honestly say I'm not sure. I did see the beef between Dak Prescott and Dwayne Harris and Landon Collins going around with everyone saying who's going to be the NFC East champion. I think the Giants <laughs> definitely don't look as good as the Cowboys right now. But, you know, they're a scrappy team. They pull it together. I'm a little worried about the loss of, like, Cruz and Jennings and Hankins. I mean, it sounds weird because other than Hankins is great, but Cruz and Jennings were okay last season. Mm -hmm. But they seem to have, like, a big deal with the fans, and you're losing that kind of morale, and I don't know how it's going to play out in the next season. And obviously, Ben McAdoo, he's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you and Justin love you some Ben McAdoo. Now, my thought is if somebody can get Odell Beckham to pay as much attention to the actual X's and O's as he does of what color shoes he's wearing, uh, you guys could be a, a scary team. 
Yeah, I mean, Odell's talented. He just he seems like he's getting swept up in maybe the fame and the drama and kind of ignoring what he's paid to do, which is play football. Well, and 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 and, and Jester, this wow. one, you know, I was gonna, I was going to bring up to my Giants authorities here, and then you then you bring me Kid Kelly on top of it. This is great. So the, <laughs> per, apparently, there's in a CFPN, which I like to call TMZ. So take it with a grain of salt. But there's ESPN's reporting that there may be a little bit of a beef, and I didn't know Eli Manning was capable of a beef, but a beef between Eli and Odell with some of the uh, back and forth about Odell reminding him who the number one receiver on the team is. Interesting. I mean, I can see Odell doing it, but I don't know if Eli would do much. It seems like he's winding down his career and doesn't really doesn't really seem like him. Hey, Eli's breakout year was last year. Don't forget that. Hey, I mean, Eli's a great quarterback, and I'll always love him. But, you know, he has not been up to par recently. <laughs> no, but I think you give him Brandon Marshall. And I go back and look at Eli. His best numbers is when he had that big, big receiver like Plexico Burris. So as long as Brandon Marshall doesn't carry a, a handgun around in his sweatpants when he goes to the nightclubs, uh, I think <laughs> – I think you may see a little resurgence uh, from Eli's numbers because Brandon Marshall catches anything anywhere in the near vicinity of him. He goes and gets it. Definitely. I mean, and it'll be interesting to see how the tight end shapes up this season, too, with Red Ellison and the rookie. I forget, Engram, whatever his name is. Engram. What I've heard so far is Engram is catching everything. Yeah, but it's his blocking up the snuff. He's he's gonna be that split out. He's they're gonna use him like Jimmy Graham. They're gonna split him out often. They're not gonna ask him to block a lot. That's why they're gonna keep Will Ty. Okay. Now, now, Kid Kelly, you're gonna you're you know you're gonna have to understand uh, this. Is, and that's why they. I'm sorry. Also, Ellison. They brought well, Ellison. This is gonna put me over the fall to do this. But something the Jester was flapping his gums about last season was it really doesn't matter as much about the passing game; it's getting that running game going. So, what do you see? And I, he's absolutely right. What do you see about Paul Perkins? I mean, I, what I saw Perkins last year, I really liked. He seemed like he would muscle for those extra yards where Rashad Jennings would just give up. So he's a bigger guy. So I'm hoping that means that he'll be a, more of like a power back and just push his way through. But I don't know if he'll be making big runs like Ezekiel Elliott or anything. Oh, he's good. He's from the mall. I will say though, in Madden, he's a very good running back. <laughs> well, that's what I was hoping that the Dallas Cowboys in Madden, that the Dallas Cowboys would just for that team alone. And all my friends here in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, this is for you. But maybe they'd add police evasion rating for the Dallas Cowboy players. Um, you know, maybe I'm thinking Ezekiel Elliott at this point has got to be a 93, a 94 maybe, um, you know, because it's funny. Anyone that knew anything about this um, nightclub incident last week has absolutely vanished from the face of the earth. So, uh, you know, but I digress. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> Elliot, he's uh, like the prize of Dallas right now. I don't think anything can touch him unless they like catch him on video doing something awful that everyone would turn against him for. Yeah, at that point they'll say it was Jason Witten and they'll go after him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they look a lot alike. They're they're twins. So uh 
But football's coming. Can't wait. I know the Jester's itching to talk Giants. So uh, what do you got? Wait, what can you squeak out there for us, Jester? My only concern about the New York Giants is one thing. One thing only. And I've been saying it, and I'm going to say it again. Eli Manning will not play a full season. This will be the first season where Eli doesn't make it for the full 16 games. And our backup is friggin' Geno Smith. <laughs> that's that's my problem with this team. <laughs> Fortunately, no, no. I think Webb Davis, I mean, uh, Davis Webb will be able to go ahead and, and, and do better than Geno, in my opinion, but. Go ahead. Well, you know, you guys had the best the best backup nickname in, in all of football a few years ago when you had Jared Lorenz and you had J-Load. That was fantastic, man. Let's get that guy back. <laughs> I thought adding Geno Smith was just a really terrible and weird decision. I mean, at that point, Nassib wasn't great, but at least he already knew the offense. Uh, who, who goes out and gets yourself glass Joe? I just wish they'd find the linebacker that, that, that gave him that nickname, too. I mean, that would make for fun camp. That's what uh, I'll tell you. That's what we need. We need some. Uh, we need somebody to go ahead and uh, be more outrageous than Odell. Exactly what we need. Thanks, JT. Oh, Lord. Thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. No, all right. Well, folks, as always, that was Kid Kelly. Kid, man, uh, listen, I got to tell you, you're, you're the youngest writer we have and, and one of the best. We love every Thank one you. of your articles. And yes. uh, please continue churning them out uh, for FantasyJesterSports.com. And you also, uh, from what I understand, tell everybody where else they can see some of your articles. Oh, I also write for ShowSnob.com, which is just a TV and entertainment source for people who have picky television choices. I like that. I mainly cover nerdy stuff, so if you're into Stranger Things or The Defenders, anything Marvel, that's all up there. There you go. I'm not checking that out. The other place that you can see Kid Kelly in the writing. Yeah, I know you will for sure. So I'm willing to bet Tate will too after that knowledge. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Kid, thanks so much for joining us. Great job as always. Thank you. Feel better. Thanks, kid. Thanks, kid. She doesn't mean that. Yes, she does. She's a little sweetie. Stop it. (laughs) Put words in her mouth. No, that's uh, that's Kid Kelly, folks, and uh, yeah, you can catch her articles on FantasyJesterSports.com. You know, it's better if I just whisper. It really whispering is. Whispering wins. The whispering time. You, know you know what this program needs? Whispering this, pro- this program needs what? We, we need a mute. We need a mute. That's what we need—a mute. Well, listen, hold on. Yeah, we just heard from the mute. No, we just heard from the mute. Hold on, watch, listen. Mute, go ahead. See? We just heard from the mute. Hey, well said. Very well said. Oh, hold on. The mute has something else to say. Hold on. Okay. 
The mute gave you the finger. That's terrible. Mute, stop that. <laughs> the mute doesn't sure you like are. you, sir. No, the mute never likes me, man. That one does. Oh, so, Lord. But, yeah, I, I, uh, like her, yeah. I like her perspective. I like her perspective on, on what she's looking at with the Giants. I agree with her. Evan Ingram can, can definitely be uh, a game-breaker for the middle of the field to kind of open up Marshall, Shepard on the outside, Odell on the outside, that sort of thing. So Giants, as much as I give you crap about them, are going to be a fun team to watch this year. Gonna be gonna be a fun team, and uh, you know I'm getting I'm getting crap uh, on every, every direction here. I'm getting emails and and what and text. Uh, Mister Happy Pants, uh, the devil connoisseur up in New Jersey, is uh, giving me crap too. Everybody, when Mister Happy Pants, folks, when somebody with the name Happy Pants is giving you crap. It's a special night. It just is. It really is. So, you know what that reminds me of? When you see those those memes mm. out there of Mr. Rogers giving people the finger, it's like, wow, you know, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep on. Oh, no. Keep on. Oh, no. Hey, hey, here comes another one. You know, we talked about it on FXE, folks. On Wednesday nights, if you're not aware, we do FXE Live. It's our wrestling edition. And uh, the question was brought up by JT. Uh, what have I been doing with Ryan Walton so much, talking with Ryan so much, talking with yeah. Ryan so much? Then, and then the picture with me and my head in the water with the sharks, and Ryan. What's all this Ryan talk? So I, I figured it would be best just to have Ryan on and, We'll take it from there. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's. I, I want to talk about the Ryan Walton brand. Uh, you know, you've heard us talk about him. You've heard us talk about Deep Obsession Charters and Ryan Walton this and Ryan Walton that. He's been a guest on the show. Those of you who don't know, experienced diver, one of the best young divers we have here yes. in the state of Florida is Ryan Walton, without a question, folks. Nice you can go point. ahead. Uh, yeah, get in touch with them if you want to have a great time. Either you can go out for the fun dives, or you can go out for the really good ones like the shark dives. So you know, again, he's got a wide range of them. Let's get him in here. The one, the only. Okay, uh, Mr. Sharkman himself, if you ask me, Ryan Walton. Uh, Ryan, how you doing, man? Good. Can you guys hear me? Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear the gesture? Very cool. Yeah. Is that Chester? Oh, you're squeaking like one, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't really sound like him. Something just seems off. Yeah, he's twice, so it doesn't sound like him. I agree. Yeah, no, we, I just he, can't he, my... He's just squeaking a little tonight, but he's here. Ah, um, I, I didn't know what he said. Uh, we got into a new hobby. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, really? Thanks, pal. Love you, too. So how are those short times coming? <laughs> they're good, Maybe they're good. A, I've been out the last, last couple of days. It's uh, the pelagic shark season, which is really cool. So we've got 
silky sandbar bull and dusky sharks migrating uh, for the next couple months. Uh, so I've ditched the tanks. I'm mostly free diving since I talked to you guys. It's better for the interactions with these animals. Uh, and that's what I've been focusing on. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, that is the biggest thing is as we get ready for the whole BS, that shark week, Ryan, you know, why, why don't you explain a little bit about what people need to know that is BS and how you're able to interact with these sharks. I mean, uh, you, you talked at SharkCon about the relationship you have with some of these sharks. Kindly tell the listeners uh, what kind of relationship you can have with these animals. Well, as, as you heard me talk about it, SharkCon, it all starts with understanding. And uh, as Jeff Corwin and Steve Irwin and all those guys did, uh, they studied the animal and figured out how they could interact with it. And that's where it, it started for me. And I'm at a point where just this week, uh, I held a female silky shark in tonic mobility for several minutes while I removed three hooks. Um, and that's what I'm out there trying to do is um, securing the animals, wow. interacting with them. By gaining wow. their trust, I can remove these hooks. Um, so stuff like that. Um, but there's different interactions, different animals. The pelagic species only see humans when they see us. These coastal animals uh, encounter us a lot more frequently. So these interactions are, are more special to us because they most likely only happen once. So Okay, so you mentioned the, the silky shark and taking the hooks out. How did, you, how did you get the shark to be calm so that you could take the hooks out? What, what, what was that called? So it's tonic immobility is the method I use on a silky shark, and their tail fin is called the caudal fin. And basically what I do is I grab the top of the fin um, and I give it a little twist. And it's basically a pressure point, and the animal goes limp. I invert them 180 degrees, and I hold their dorsal fin while somebody else comes in to take out the hooks. Uh, in this case, they weren't able to get the hooks out, so I was able to secure her against my body with my left knee um, and reach over with my left hand and pull the three hooks out myself. Um, so normally I have a buddy helping me do it, but this case I was able to do it all by myself. Wow. Wow. It's, it's no incredible. big deal yet. It's, it's no big deal. Maybe for you, yeah. Maybe yeah, you. <laughs> exactly. Do you come upon that often? I mean, do you come upon We're, things like that often? We see hooks on a daily basis. Uh, the last two days uh, was four hooks alone we took out. Like I said, three the first day, one the second. And you, know, you see them all the time, and fishing is going to happen. These animals are meant to pick up on dead, dying, and diseased animals in the ecosystem. So um, I don't care what you're out there fishing for. If you drop a half-dead fish down on a hook, it's the shark's job to come find it. Um, so I have an understanding, and um, that's, that is my understanding, is that my role um, in teaching people about these animals and the dangers that they're in because of sensationalism, um, while I'm out there doing it, I can clean them up a little bit. You know, Ryan, I gotta jump in here. Um, since I first yeah. became aware of you, met you about a year ago on the Fantasy Jester show, uh, I've since moved down to Dallas, Texas, 
and I uh, follow you on Facebook, on Instagram. I love your, I love your photos that you put out. And I, I was showing those to a few people I work with, and it's funny. I didn't know what you did existed, but as I'm talking to some friends of mine that I work with, they also enjoy diving with sharks. You know, it's like it's just there's a lot more people that are enjoying these animals than than Hollywood would lead you to believe with some of these idiotic Sharknado movies and some of the other stuff that's out. Um, there's just so many people that really seem to enjoy these animals, and uh, it seems like they've gotten a bad rap. So listening to what you've had to say and watching you, it's really uh, given me a different perspective on sharks in general. And that's that's awesome. That's what we're trying to do. So I appreciate that. And uh, it's nice to know that the message is being heard. I'm, I'm a very honest person, so when I, uh, you know, I hear people a lot of times say what you're doing is cool, um, you know, and, and that's not what I'm about. I'm about the message. There's 100 sharks being killed, 100 million sharks being killed every year, two sharks every second, um, and that's what I need to focus on. So when I'm out there teaching people using shark diving as a platform, um, when I hear, oh, what you're doing is so cool, it's like, listen, that's not the point. Two sharks are being killed every second that you're in the water with these couple of animals. Think about that. You know, there's a big picture here in commercial uh, shark fishing, recreational shark fishing, bycatch. Uh, all, all of those things add up, and 100 million sharks a year could be a low number. Um, based on a lot of these things, you really don't have accurate counts on like the recreational fishing. So that's my message, um, and I, I hope that people see that, and I'm glad that you have, is that sharks need to be protected. They're not the mindless man-eaters that some of these movies have made them out to be. We can safely interact with them under the right circumstances, but more importantly, they need our help. Well, education, and that's what you're helping everybody with, and that's what we all appreciate uh, before we change gears with you and get to uh, talking football with you, one quick thing so that we can go ahead and ruin Shark Week as much as we can. Every little bit of it as much as we can. You already started with that. Let's blow this out of the water. Let's go ahead and give a Michael Phelps spoiler. Ryan, his chances of outswimming a shark are... <laughs> I mean... I would go ahead and say slim. There's 450-plus species of sharks in the world, so you never know if they've got something up their sleeve where they're going <laughs> to put them up against a nurse shark or something. So if it's a white shark, then uh, clearly his chances are not even present. Um, but, hey, I'm gonna, I also want to shout out there's uh, Shark Vortex on Shark Week this year being uh, produced, directed, and starred uh, is Joe Romero who is a friend of mine and very science-based. Him and Greg Skomel, um are studying the migratory patterns of makos, blues, and poor beagles up off of Rhode Island. So there are some scientific uh, episodes being uh, thrown in there to Shark Week, so you kind of got to pick through them. And if I'm going to talk about Shark Week at all, that's what I'm going to say is pay attention to what the narrative is. And if it's a science-based episode, then – take it all in and listen to everything you can. But these Megalodon episodes and things like that, they're not getting us anywhere. Um, they're a waste of 30 minutes that we could be talking to people about things that they can do to help save sharks. Well said. Well said. Well said. Back, yeah. back to one last stupid thing and then we'll get to football. Uh, Phelps is racing a great white. 
So, yeah, in my mind, if uh, Michael Phelps even tried to swim in any thrashing direction near a white shark, then the white shark <laughs> was going to try and eat him like a seal. So I'd be highly entertained to see how they script this one um, because obviously they've got everybody talking about it, and yeah, it's, it's not, not going to be what they're trying to make it out to be. So we're going to see what they're trying to pull off. generated shark. Yeah, they're going to put them um, in the pool together, folks. Stop it. What's What's crazy is uh, Dr. Neil Hammerschlag from the University of Miami, Andy Casagrande, a world-renowned uh, cinematographer, all took part in this. So there's mm. going to be some sort of scientific background to this oh, good. with a very good. corny, very corny headlining narrative. Um, I, I think the, the title is stupid. There was another one with Jeff Kerr. Um, I actually commented on his Facebook and I said, I'm not going to beat a dead horse over the titles. Um, you know, your narrative looks great. I, I'm excited to see the work he did with Dr. Neil Hammerschlag, but um, his had the word attack in it or vicious or monster. And all of those are uh, words of sensationalism. And those are the words that I'd like to get away from. Um, Phelps versus White Shark. Good luck to you, buddy. Yeah. Good luck with that. Speaking of good luck, good luck uh, to both of you as you both are cheering for a team that can help the rest of the world take out the New England Patriots, the good old Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And I know you both have questions for each other, so JT, go ahead and uh, start it off with Ryan about the good old Miami Dolphins, sir. Well, you know, it, it's good that we finally get to talk about a professional football team on the show uh, for one. So, you know, when I look at this, and I look at this season going in, I've read a lot about Devontae Parker finally healthy, uh, a guy that, you know, has really dedicated himself and been able to practice this off season. Your thoughts on Devontae Parker and what he could mean to Dolphins offense this year? Well, I think if he develops into the six foot three threat that we thought he was going to be, he's going to open up the game for Jarvis and Kenny more. Um, you see the way Kenny spreads the field. So if Devontae can make a safety think about him over the top, then it's going to open up the game for Jarvis, Jay Ajayi, uh, and Kenny on the other side. So Devontae knowing his routes and being 100% healthy is key for everybody around him, whether he's a 1,000-yard receiver, 100-catch uh, receiver, um, we'll see. There's three talented receivers on that team, and not all three of them are going to get 100 catches and 1,000 yards. But um, he's, he has the potential if he's healthy and he's running routes the way they say he is. Well, then, and then you know, Jester pointed out last week on the show, we talked about top tight ends, and he had Julius Thomas in there at number two. Jester, you mentioned the fact of what Julius, what Tannehill having a legitimate tight end threat in the middle of the field for the first time in his career. Uh, can do for the outside receiver. Legitimate well, tight so. end. Legitimate tight end. And don't forget, okay, you still have Carew available. I really two. like Carew. Whoa, 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 whoa. You talking about Leonte Carew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he might not like make him? the team. He might not make the team. Really? No, it's between him and Rashawn wow. Scott. Jakeem Grant's going to make the team either way as a special teams player. Rashawn right, Scott right. took Leonte Carew's job at the end of last season anyways. Leonte Carew right. wasn't even a starter. He wasn't dressing 
Uh, Rashawn Scott was the, the final receiver on the roster towards the end of last year. And rumors right now um, are that it stands that way going into camp. Leonce Carew needs to earn really? his spot back. And then the seventh-round so, pick that we picked up out of West Isaiah Virginia. Ford. Uh, uh, Isaiah Ford. He is apparently looking at stealing a roster spot, too. So, uh, Jakeem Grant would have been in question if it wasn't for his special teams value. Right. And you look at Isaiah Ford, the numbers he put up in Virginia Tech. and, and his, Virginia his, Tech, his that's what it was, yep. He, he, he yeah. physically reminds me of a Jarvis Landry. Uh, yeah, and that's scary strong, with Jarvis there to mentor him. Exactly. Strong, thick kid that so. doesn't go down, you know, easy. So uh, I'm excited. I, I hope to see – more out of our secondary this year. I still like to see Walt Aikens get some time on the field. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Xavier Howard. I hope he stays healthy. I can't wait to see him get a full season under his So I can give you some inside information there. I actually just talked to Walt a couple hours ago. Um, and one of the things that he did this offseason to make sure that he's uh, versatile and has as many chances as possible is he's lining up at corner, too. So with Walt's special teams value, uh, he's lining up at corner and free safety. So we'll see what happens with it, but he did confirm with me that that's what he's been doing. So we'll see where it leads. Breaking news. Um, was it, when he first got to the fence, wasn't he a corner? Uh, so, yeah, he was drafted as a corner out of Liberty. And then that first off season, uh, they were pretty stacked, or so they thought, at corner with uh, Jamar Taylor, Will Davis, and company. And uh, he made the transition to safety at that point. You know, you, you I know he's a hardworking about, kid. Exactly, hardworking kid. And uh, do we have any? Yeah. Anybody have any information on how Rashad Jones' surgery? I mean, I know that was last season. Is he 100 percent? Is he ready to go for camp? Yep, he's already out there, and he's uh, he's full full bore. He's been working out actually for a couple months. Uh, he's going to be amazing. I actually, one of the big things that we're looking at is is the free safety battle. Um, that's why Walt Akins is being versatile right now because you've got T.J. McDonald who's said to come in and take that job come week eight after his suspension. Nate uh, Allen is there, and then obviously Walt and Michael Thomas. Um, but it's said right now coming out of camp that uh, T.J. McDonald's going to walk in after that suspension and the, the job is his. <laughs> he can hit, too. So, um, definitely. One last guy, what's your opinion on, on Ryan? A draft pick we made that I'm a big fan of going back and watching this video. It reminds me of uh, Mikey Upati when he came out. Is uh, Asiata, the guard that we drafted, that kid is a hoss. Yeah, there's actually a lot of speculation right now that he is just going to take the left guard spot. They're not going to waste any time uh, rotating that. So you've got Laramie Tunzel obviously taking over the left tackle spot, uh, Pouncey in the center, Bushrod's locked in at right guard, and James at right tackle. So um, left guard was Ted Larson, Craig Urbic, and like you said, Isaac Asiata battling that out. And there's no reason – um, they wouldn't give Isaac Asiata every opportunity to take that job early so that he can get as much time as possible. Hmm. You know, Jesse, you called, you called it a, a, last year saying we were going to give the Patriots a run for their money. I think for once I really, truly feel like we can at least 
have something to say in that uh, that division. I'm glad our receiving core is the way it is uh, coming out of last year because of what the Patriots have done. It's so uh, it's intimidating looking at their roster, having Malcolm Butler, Stephon Gilmore mm-hmm. both back there in mm-hmm. that secondary, and now you've got Julian Edelman and Brandon Cooks on the same offense. Um, so there's a lot of things that they've done that have intensified their game. Um, our secondary still scares me. Byron Maxwell to me um, is over his, his prime. Um, he's making a lot of money for what he produced last year, which wasn't much. It was very, very inconsistent. Um, I think Xavier Howard has a chance to be a very, very good one B corner, but we're lacking a true shutdown corner. And that hurts right, when you're right. going up against a team like New England. Yeah. Now, when you look at Maxwell, if you go back and look at the, the film of him in Seattle, he was a star when he was a press corner. And it seems like Philly and Miami are trying to use him as a trail corner in which, he, you know, he just seems to struggle in that. I mean, I'd like to see them let him get back to his game. I mean, any thoughts on that? I think that they've had trouble with that because the other pieces were inconsistent too. They're trying to play very safe um, with what they had when the linebackers went down and they had to shuffle there. And then obviously Rashad went down. How do you let him press if that guy gets by who's back there? True. I think, I think especially in the Adam Gase's first year, there was a lot of, uh, I wouldn't call it hesitation, but testing the water <laughs> a lot of uh, for lack of better terms for me um a lot of testing the water in his first year the first four games holding cam wake to a snap count was the stupidest thing a head coach could have yeah. ever done for for a player like him so talk about testing the water well we're going to preserve cam wake why uh, he's the healthiest right. player on the team i don't care how old he is um so, so there's things that they did that were very questionable early. Then the injuries happened. And how do you let a player like Maxwell play that way, play, that, play at that level, knowing that he's getting burnt in a simple formation early on? They benched him. They put in Tony Lippett, a converted wide receiver, right. over Maxwell. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so Guys. Lippett's making 300000 Let me ask you something, though. Can't you see – Maxwell as an early camp cut since they went out and got Tankersley, though? Um, hmm. It would depend on how Tankersley I mean, they developed. spent a third-round pick on him for that corner. Yeah, but look what happened. And that scares we me. Spent uh, Jamar Taylor last year. Yeah, and Jamar Taylor was a second. Will Davis was a fourth. I mean, um, I, I, I'd have to see. I hear, uh, I'll be at practice I hear in a few weeks. Please. and. I hear Tank Bigsby's very talented, but he's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and your worst case, how much worse could how much worse could Lippitt and Aikens be if Tankersley can't do it than Byron oh, Maxwell? I would, I would love to see Walt take that fourth spot, that rotational guy, the dime guy, because that would be awesome. Lippitt, again, he's shown flashes, and I love Bobby McCain in that nickel yes. spot. So um, I, I like him there. And like I said, Xavier Howard in that two or one B role is perfect. Um, I don't see any of those guys filling a one A role. We know I have a, a personal relationship with Walt. Uh, sorry. He's not a one A. Um, 
Tankersley's not coming in that way. Howard, I don't see filling that role. So he might prove me wrong. Um, we, we just don't have it. Well, we don't have a shutdown corner in that in that group, and, and even Maxwell. So yes, could he be a cut at seven million dollars for what he's produced? Absolutely. Would it? Would I cry? No. Um, <laughs> but then that also leaves a lack of a veteran presence. Um, within that locker room, they're all very, very young at, at corner, and uh, you know, question marks with rookies and, mm-hmm. and young guys. Let so. me ask you to this real quick because I think this plays into gesture what you're saying. You look at the draft pick, a uh, middle linebacker of Ohio State that they took, uh, McMillan. Um, you look, he seems to me like more of a classic, and I'm not comparing the player, just the, the type of skill set kind of a Zach Thomas, more of a run stuffer, uh, you know, a guy that just gets in there and just absolutely he's not – at least he, he struggled in pass coverage in college. So do you see Kiko still sliding in to be that nickel backer or the pass coverage linebacker this season? Yeah, what, uh, Lawrence Timmons is definitely going to play in the middle. And then you're going to see uh, Kiko over on the right side. And then what's going to okay. happen on the left side is McMillan may get the start, but Koamisi is going to be there to mentor him. McMillan hasn't been picking up the playbook already. He came in and needed some help. Um, so once Nisi gets cleared, I see those two rotating, um, especially early if, if Nisi even makes it without being on pup. He might start on the pup list, in my opinion. Um, okay. Nisi will come in and play third downs, rotational, and let this kid get in there and get his hands dirty. But we're going to play a lot of nickel. We're going to play a lot of nickel. We've, we've had Bobby in there, so um, we'll see. Third down situations, run situations, he, those two are going to rotate that spot. And this is Koa's last year. He, he took a one-year guaranteed contract, produced it. Um, I see him coming back after this year based on previous health issues. So this is a chance for him to mentor uh, Raekwon McMillan into that role and move on. Let me ask you both this, and uh, we'll start with Ryan and then go over to uh, JT. Give me Tannehill's numbers at the end of the year, Ryan. Ooh. Uh, let's go back to 27 touchdowns because I know he's done it. Um, I think Jay is going to have a big year, so that's why I'm not going to overshoot that number. Um, he. I'm going to give him 3,500 yards. Um, I don't know that he'll get 4,000. Again, I think it's going to be a very uh, balanced year. Um, I see him around 60, 66% again. I don't see any of that changing. He's got more options. You keep him on his feet. Tannehill's never produced bad numbers. They've always been average numbers. And with the emergence of Jai, I don't see that changing. Interesting. Interesting. You know, listen, I like what Ryan's saying. To me, the biggest catalyst to Ryan to Tannehill's numbers are going to depend on Mr. Pouncey and, and if he can play a full season or give us twelve games. Because you look at the games that he was Pouncey was in there. You had Jay Ajayi going for two hundred yards. Uh, you know, high you know high number games. Uh, I think that's a, a big catalyst. But don't forget, everybody's talking about how Ajayi has worked on his pass catching ability this off season, and you got a kid like that with his size coming out of the backfield, catching the football, 
can be awful uh, disconcerting for a secondary, the opposing secondary trying to tackle that. I'm going to go at 3,800 yards for Tannehill. I'm going to say he comes in at 25 touchdowns, and I like what Ryan said, right around 65, 66% completion percentage. I'll go. I'm going to go 4,100. Ooh. I'm going to go 4,100. No, but here's the thing. You guys, that's right. And you guys are afraid to actually believe in it. Uh, I'm getting the outside no, I like perspective. It. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing, no, listen, I'm seeing Tanny another year with Gase adding weapons, adding a strong tight end presence down that middle, opening things up for the other receivers, dump offs to Ajayi. I just see mm-hmm. a better team. A second year. I'm telling you, this is going to be hey. a surprise. And remember, here is my best reason. Four of those games are going to be against Buffalo and the Jets alone. Right there. <laughs> the Jets always play us tough for some reason. And real quick, Ryan, do we see a bigger role for Mr. Drake this season? No. I, don't I think, think you're going to see what we I think, yeah, I think we're going to see what we saw last year. Very situational role. They brought Damian back on that tender, so – um, you'll see those guys. I love Damian coming out on that fly route out of the backfield, running a, t- a wheel type route mm-hmm. um, over the shoulder on the sideline. And then Kenyon can do the same thing. So I see that they're both going to give Jay breathers, but how do you really integrate a bigger role when you're trying to give Jay the right amount of touches, uh, the right amount point. of snaps? Um, I-, I think they're going to make it fair. I think you're going to see him, but I think a year or two from now, you're going to see them looking to get some value out of them. It'll be a fun year. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a phenomenal year. I, I don't have all the faith in Julius Thomas that Jester has. Honestly, well, I've had some reports there that say he's having trouble keeping up right now, um, learning their playbook and stuff, which is surprising because he already played under Adam. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what he's not up to speed with. Um, but there's another gem in this whole offseason that a lot of people have forgotten about, and it's Anthony Fasano, a very good run-blocking tight end that has played in Miami, a veteran presence. Yeah. Um, so we brought him in, and that's a huge deal to have a tight end. It's somebody who knows their role as a run-blocking tight end. And what's your win prediction? How many wins do you have with that? I haven't really thought about it, but I'd love to see 10. Um, I don't think that's unreasonable at this point. No, ten and six last year. I'm hoping for eleven and five, twelve and four is kind of where I'm looking at this season. Yeah, I think there's that potential. Um, I want to see how healthy the team can stay. That's obviously factor number one. Um, and I think factor number two is how does this secondary come together? Uh, we're stacked at safety uh, minus a, a suspension and you know, trying to sort through that. Um, corner has the, the void, you know, a high-paid a high paid player that is being paid like a number one and playing like maybe a number two or three. So there's there, that's what I think we need to see is, is how these guys mesh, how the secondary comes together. I think everything else is going to be dominant. Um, and we're playing really good teams, though. Again, Miami's schedule is insane. So 
Um, yeah, we'll see how, see how that plays out. Uh, but I think we're going to be pretty dominant. And then let's just see, make sure if we're not giving up huge plays downfield, then we're going to win games. And, I mean, the kid we drafted in the first round, who better than to learn from than Cameron Wake? Yeah, I hope this isn't Cam's last year. Seeing the the condition that he's in and the shape he's in, how he, how he treats himself during the offseason, um, it's a shame to think this could be his last year because it doesn't have to be. Um, but it's cool to know that somebody's ready to step in. And we got Andre Branch for a few years on the other side. And they say Terrence Fide is in great shape coming into this offseason. Right. So, you know, there's there's definitely a, a lot of positives on that line. Now, as, as much as I'd love to talk Dolphins all night, I got to ask you, Ryan, you know, I'm hearing you have some kind of a challenge for the Jester, and I'm not one to let the Jester off the hook. So uh, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, I mean, he's always talking about being open to challenges, but it seems like all of us have been the ones, you know, like for FXE, we go out, we wrestle, and I said it's about time he gets in the water with sharks. So I think this week, weather pending and, you know, anything else, I'm finally going to get him in the water. And um, I've been running low on bait, so it's nice to have Jester around just in case I do run out. Uh, But, uh yeah, it's about time. You know, we it's it's one thing to talk about it, um, but it's a whole other thing to do it. And when he, uh, you know, we hear Jester on on a regular basis. So when he has this first hand experience of swimming with these animals, um, it's only going to help me and the sharks to have another advocate out there uh, with that perception. Jester, listen, hold on, no, no, no. <clears throat> we have we have up. discussed this. Yeah, I'm going to get every bit of my voice for this one. We've discussed it. Nothing's final, okay? It's final. We all know how I feel about this. Yeah, thanks, pal. Listen, no uh, he keeps putting the challenge out there, and I've got Mrs. Jester teasing me, too, because she's done all this. And, uh, I, I have a feeling. I'll tell you Pay why. attention as the week progresses. Go ahead, what? I'll tell you what, here's, I'm issuing a challenge then, just to make you feel better. Since Cage is a, a little crybaby and he ran off and doesn't want to <laughs> wrestle anymore, um, Mako has a challenge too. And that'll just show you how big of claspers Mako has. Um, so Renegade was okay. teaching Mako how to, how to wrestle. So uh, Mako wants Renegade in the ring because he wasn't Ooh. there to have his back when, when Joey uh, wanted to play his card and, and be a little snake. So I want Renegade to come face me and let me teach him a little <laughs> bit of what he taught me. So if I'm challenging something like that, then you have no way you can back down to swimming with sharks. Jester, how you oh, doing well, all right. Well, first of all, yeah, it's interesting. He did he did put Joey Cage into retirement, folks. Uh, those of you who might not be familiar with FXE Florida Extreme, <laughs> we had Joey Cage running around here for a while and uh, one match against Walton, and that was it. Man's tapped out. We haven't heard hide nor hair from him. And now uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell, tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm going to hold you to this. No, listen, Walton. 
you just bit off a bigger shark than you can chew, buddy. All right? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm putting this out there right now. If I do this shark thing, I swear to God, if I do this shark thing, and that's still an if, okay, you have to, you have to wrestle Renegade. Deal. No hesitation. You can't say the same thing for the jester. Now, can I pick out a nice bright yellow swimsuit for him or, or, or you know, scuba gear? Or... You son of a bitch. As yellow, as long as he gets to wear a big bright, uh, bright pink dunce cap with the yellow outfit, then, then we're in. Everybody having fun. Go ahead. No problem. Okay, I'll be getting renegade out of here real soon. Hey, Ryan, give me a favor. What's up, guys? Is there a trap door? Let me ask you something. Yeah, are, are the are the uh, wetsuits? Are they like uh, the old style pajamas where they have the trap door in the back just in case I shit myself? Well, I'm gonna have a custom one for you with a Velcro flap, and before you shit yourself, you can just open it, so we don't have to clean later. Yeah. Hey, all I want is the fantastic photos that I see from you on a daily basis. I want to see the ones with Jester in there, too. you got to snap off some pictures so we can put them on fantasyjestersports.com. Maybe we can even get Jester to take out a couple hooks while I'm holding the shark still. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it happen. Maybe Jester, will have a, maybe Jester will grow hair, too, by then. Stop it. <laughs> if you do, I'd bet 10 bucks it'll be blue. Oh, God. And, the, and it plays. And it'll play. Oh man! Somehow it'll still friggin' play too. I look like Sonic the Hedgehog, but hey, it'll still play. <laughs> too bad you won't move like him. Oh hell no! No, <laughs> not at all. I'm like one of the turtles that a roll. Kidding? No, it's it's the best time oh, of year, God. man. It's it's the best time of year for anybody to come meet sharks, especially somebody as soft as the jester. Um, it, we definitely, we've got silky sharks and these animals that there they, they are, they're very easy to interact with. Dude, and they can eat for weeks. Watch yourself. You'll be <laughs> facing a two-on-one right. match there, Walton. You'll be facing a <laughs> two-on-one right. match, me and, me and Renegade. The shark dive <laughs> comes first. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, all right. We will work that out. We will definitely. I, the challenge is on, folks. I, I, I listen. I might not have a voice, but the challenge is real. Okay, if I go do the shark thing with you, you will be in the ring with Renegade. That's a done deal. It's a done deal. Got that. All right, Ryan. Thanks so much, man. As always, great to That's have you right. on the show. I appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you, guys. I had a great time as well. Fins up, uh, dolphins and sharks. We'll see you guys soon. Absolutely. Take care, Ryan. Dolphins, uh, good sharks. Night. Good night. Dolphins, sharks, Ryan Walton. Yes, that was productive. That was productive. Phelps and me. I'm just as bad well, yeah. as Michael Phelps now. Here, you're missing it, though, Jester. You're missing the point. You are already an advantage. Because you got Ryan, folks don't. 
That's true. Look at it that way. I'll be fine. I think. I'll be fine as long as this isn't. As long as this whole trip. See, here's my problem with this. Is the trip sponsored by Ryan? Is it sponsored by FantasyJesterSports.com? My question, though, is this. If it's sponsored by Mrs. Jester, I'm not going. Well, you already made your deal. That's you can't thing. back out now. Well, no, I said that if I do it, he has to wrestle Renegade. There was no what if I don't do it. Ah, uh, no. And if Mrs. Jester, listen, if Mrs. Jester is sponsoring it, okay, there's no way in hell I'm doing that dive. <laughs> Just make sure there's been no policies taken out, any life insurance policies taken out recently. And I'm going to call my agent this week. Hey, is, how's everything been? Oh, I just talked to your wife the other day. She went and up shit. Oh, great. Yeah, up to, yeah, up to your insurance policy for some reason now. But let's look at this. So, and, and by the way, I've been meaning to ask since I saw the picture of, of your face in the water there with, with Brian. How did you keep those sunglasses on when you were underwater like that? Weren't you afraid of losing those? So you'd be surprised what I can do and keep those sunglasses on. <laughs> hey, Ryan's Ryan's awesome though. Let's let's hey, Ryan's awesome, and this guy is no what Renegade has to outweigh him by a bill at least a hundred pounds, if not more, at least. Ryan Walton is probably about a <clears throat> buck seventy-five, soaking wet, maybe, maybe. And Renegade is, uh, I think, 305, 310 the last time I heard. Yeah, so uh, a, bit, a significant difference in weight class that uh, Mr. Walton uh, is getting. And about seven, eight inches in height, too. <laughs> and we, we know Renegade's temper. It's funny as hell. His temp, we know his temper He's as well. We better hope Renegade's in a good mood. Yeah, well, he's going to be insulted. Like, really? You throw me a jobber? (laughs) (laughs) What's his face? You threw him, uh, what's his face? Uh, Carmella's boyfriend. Uh, Help me out here. Ellsworth. You threw him Ellsworth. Ellsworth. Um. Yeah. Make Ellsworth Ryan Walton, folks. Um, (laughs) Speaking of wrestling, real quick, let's get to a couple of. Couple of predictions for this weekend: uh, Battleground, okay. WWE Champion Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton in the Punjabi Prison. <laughs> uh, uh, as much as I, as much as I'd like to see Orton, yeah, as much as I'd like to see Orton walk out with that, they've got an investment going in Mahal. Uh, I think he holds on to that belt for one more pay per view. Well, after all, doesn't he tell he he has the say in his matches? Is that what he's trying to spew out there? Basically, yeah. So, I mean, I look at it and SummerSlam, if they're going to do a title change, it'll be at SummerSlam. I don't know. I got to be honest with you. I'm wondering if that was a little bit of a smoke screen so that you kind of figure, oh, all right, well, if he's really that in with Vince and all that kind of crap, he's not really going to lose this week. Interesting. Cena versus Rusev in a flag match. I haven't 
seen a flag match in a while. No, I haven't seen a flag match. And the, uh, let me get on a soapbox just for a minute. We didn't get to talk about SmackDown last week. The idea for Cena to bring up 9-11 for this whole stupid flag match, I'd like to see somebody shove a flagpole straight up his ass. So, uh, to me, that's absolutely just a desecration to the memory of 9-11. That did not sit well with me last week on the show. But uh, So, in this case, hopefully Rusev kicks his ass. Gotcha. Okay. Nakamura, Baron Corbin. Is this where we start it, seeing uh, Corbin make his march? Does Nakamura you, put him over or no? Have you not? You haven't. You and I've been waiting to see this Corbin march for a while. It's like, okay, when they, you know, when this kid's well over a year, when are we going to see something from him? I don't think Nakamura is the guy to put him over. Um, I'm going to call. One... <laughs> What's that? I don't either. That's right. That's yeah, a, I mean, kind of um, tongue in cheek when it said that. Is, yeah, I mean, let's say this. Nakamura... Let's say this. Here's, here's my prediction. Okay. WWE's new favorite ending, no contest. Because it doesn't help either guy either way. No contest. It's so close in the dictionary to no creative. <laughs> yes, it is. But you see what I'm saying. A win or a loss doesn't help either guy. So here's one of their typical no contests. This is their way of, of keeping the status quo so they can jerk everybody along for another month on this guy. No contest. Now, real quick, we got 60 seconds. Would they even do it to AJ Styles to take the strap off of him that quick? God, they've already, they've already buried this guy in mediocrity, so it wouldn't surprise me. But I'm going to hope that the wrestling gods won't let Vince do that, and uh, hopefully AJ can, you know, maintains that belt for a little while. Yeah. And who knows, maybe that's another one of our uh, – somebody else interferes with the match and all that. Right. We get no decision exactly. in that. So nobody looks weak. Owens doesn't look weak. Styles doesn't look weak. Right. Well, exactly. That was the fantasy show with a gesture of silence. Thanks, KT. As always, folks, we're brought to you by fantasygestersports.com. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.